the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. If your old life was so great, you would have never left it. If your old life was so great, you would have never given it up and turned to Jesus Christ for salvation and accepted his invitation to a new life in him. Be careful not to have a selective memory about your old life. Be careful not to think your old life was better or that you would be better off if you went back to your old life. Why is it that when things get hard, we have a propensity to develop selective amnesia? Think back to when you were first saved and very eager to begin this new life. Everything seemed better. Then, a few years later, you find yourself tempted to go back to a habit you had before you found Christ. Today, Pastor Dan says this isn't uncommon, but it's also not acceptable to God. You must exercise discipline to continue to walk in faith each and every day. It won't always be easy, but it is always worth it. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Exodus, chapter 16, for today's edition of Ring of Truth. we thank you for your word. Lord, we ask that your Holy Spirit would be our teacher. We pray and ask, Lord, that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So after dramatically delivering the children of Israel out of their bondage in Egypt, bringing them through the Red Sea, the Lord led the children of Israel into the wilderness. And when we read wilderness in the Bible, don't think of a forest in the way that we would use the word wilderness. Think of desert. The word wilderness means desert. So please understand, after God redeemed Israel, God led them into the desert. He led them into the wilderness. It's harsh It's rugged. It's difficult. The Bible describes the wilderness as desolate, a wasteland, a barren place, a parched land. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 6 describes the wilderness as a land of deserts and pits. The desert and pits, right? The wilderness is the pits. A land of drought and utter darkness a land where no one travels and no one lives. No one lives in the wilderness because you can't live in the wilderness, or at least you couldn't back then. In the wilderness, there are no resources. There are no resources available that are necessary for sustaining life. Food and water are scarce 
in the wilderness. Everything is stripped away in the wilderness. And that's where God intentionally and purposely leads his people. Deuteronomy chapter 8 tells us, we've looked at it a couple times before, so you don't have to turn there. But Deuteronomy chapter 8 tells us the reason God brought the children of Israel into the wilderness was, number one, to humble them. Number two, to test them in order to know what was in their hearts. God knew what was in their hearts. He wanted to show them what was in their hearts. And number three, to show whether or not they would keep his commandments. The wilderness humbled the children of Israel. They could not rely upon themselves in the wilderness. They were helpless in the wilderness. In Egypt, they had all the food and water they wanted, all the resources they needed. They could rely upon themselves in Egypt to get what they needed for life, but not in the wilderness. God brought the children of Israel out of Egypt, and then he took them into the wilderness to get Egypt out of Israel. God wants them to live a different way now. Not the way that they lived in Egypt. The wilderness taught the children of Israel to walk by faith and not by sight. It taught them the necessity of relying upon God for everything. It showed the importance of obedience to God's word. And so too with us. So too with you and me. God saves us out of the world and he doesn't want us living the way that we did in the world. He doesn't want us relying upon ourselves like we used to do before we were saved. He wants us walking by faith and not by sight. He wants us to rely upon him for everything. What did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6? Do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? But seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll wear. You just focus on seeking first the kingdom of God and relying upon him, and God will provide all that you need. God wants us to rely upon him for our needs. He wants us to learn to obey his word and to walk in obedience to him. And sometimes God brings us into the wilderness, so to speak. He brings us to a place, a season in life or a trial where everything is stripped away. And he puts us in a situation where we are utterly helpless, where we have no resources in ourselves to get us out of it. So that we learn to trust him. And depend upon him and rely upon him and obey him. Just like the children of Israel were learning in the wilderness. God is conforming us into the image of his son. That's the purpose. That's the plan. To conform us into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. That's the goal. To make us more like Jesus. In chapter 15, God brought the children of Israel through the Red Sea and on the shores of the Red Sea, after they escaped Egypt, they come into the wilderness of Shur. 
They come through the Red Sea, and in chapter 15, they sang the song of Moses, a song of redemption. And from there, they go into the wilderness of Shur. They go out into the desert, and they come first to Marah, the place of bitterness, the place where there were bitter waters, remember. And God instructed Moses to throw a tree into the bitter waters. And once he threw the tree into the bitter waters, the bitter waters were made sweet. And the tree speaks of what? The cross. Throwing the cross, putting the cross into your bitterness, your bitter situation, will make that bitter situation sweet. Because I'm saved. My sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. He died on the cross for me. I have everlasting life with him. I have a future. I have a hope. I have an inheritance in heaven. He's put me into his family. And so the cross makes the bitter things sweet. From there, from Mara, they go on and they end up in a place called Elam. Elam means palms or palm trees. In Elam, there were 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. It was an oasis in the wilderness that provided refreshment and relief for the children of Israel. And that's where we left the children of Israel at the end of chapter 15, at Elam, at this little oasis In the desert. And now coming into chapter 16, they leave the oasis of Elam, verse 1 says, and they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin. That can't be good. Which is between Elam and Sinai, Mount Sinai. On the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. So now they go from the wilderness of Shur into the wilderness of Sin. So they're just going from one wilderness into another wilderness, the wilderness of Sin. If there's one wilderness to stay away from, it's the wilderness of Sin. Sin is a wilderness, as you probably know. The wilderness of Sin is not Sin like we think of the word. It's not like missing the mark. Or falling short. It's short for the wilderness of Sinai. So now they come into the wilderness of sin. Or the wilderness surrounding Mount Sinai. And they've been out of Egypt for one month at this point. Verse 2. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel. Complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the children of Israel said to them. Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and we ate bread to the full. For you have brought us out into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Now they're hungry. And they begin to complain. This is a pattern that we see with the children of Israel. Anytime a crisis hits, anytime a trial comes, they begin to grumble and murmur and complain. And look what they say in their complaint. They say, basically, we wish you would have left us in Egypt and we could have died in Egypt. Instead, you've brought us out here to die in this desert of hunger. We wish we were in Egypt where we had pots of meat to eat, and bread to the full. 
The congregation of Israel had selective memory. Selective memory of their life in Egypt. They remember the pots of meat and they remember the bread they ate, but they forget making bricks under that hot Egyptian sun. And they forget the slavery. And they forget the taskmaster's whip. And they forget that they were required to throw their sons into the Nile River and put them to death. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com, or through our church app, or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. They forget how brutal life was in Egypt and how they cried out to God for decades and decades to send a deliverer and deliver them out of their bondage in Egypt. And remember, Egypt is a picture of what? The world. It's a picture of the world. And some Christians have a selective memory of their old life in the world before they were saved. By Jesus Christ. And not only that, we have an enemy, Satan, who is a liar and a deceiver. And Satan will lie to us about the world and lie to us about our old life and try to convince us we were better off in the world. And some people believe his lie and believe their own lie and think, I was happier back then. Life was better back then. Life was easier. Life was so much more fun back then. I missed the pots of meat and the bread to the full. I missed the bars. I missed the parties. I missed my own friends and the good times. And they forget the hangovers and the heartache and the shame and the guilt and the regret and the embarrassment and the emptiness that was also part of The old life. If your old life was so great, you would have never left it. If your old life was so great, you would have never given it up and turned to Jesus Christ for salvation and accepted his invitation to a new life in him. Be careful not to have a selective memory about your old life. Be careful not to think your old life was better or that you would be better off if you went back to your old life. And so the children of Israel were hungry. They began to complain because there was no meat, there was no bread. They began to think they were better off back in Egypt. Look at verse 4. Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, look what he says, I will rain bread from heaven for you. And the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. The people are complaining 
And God says, I will rain bread from heaven on them. God does not say, I will rain fire and brimstone on these belly acres. They're always complaining. I'm just going to smoke them once and for all. Aren't you glad you're not God and I'm not God? The story would end right here, chapter 16, and we just move on to Leviticus now, you know. God says, I'm going to rain bread down on them. They're complaining, they're belly aching. I'll rain bread down on them. This is grace. This is grace. This is what grace looks like. Grace is undeserved kindness and blessing from God. They're murmuring, they're complaining, and God says, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll rain bread down on them. That's grace. That's undeserved blessing. God deals with us on the basis of his grace. Sunday mornings, we're going through the gospel of Matthew, and we're coming to the arrest and trials of Jesus. And Peter, as you know, will deny the Lord three times. Deny that he even knows the Lord. He's going to curse and swear that he doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ. And then after the resurrection, Jesus seeks out Peter specifically. Not to give him a talking to. Not to lay into him for denying him three times. In John chapter 21, we're told that Jesus made breakfast for Peter, and it says that Jesus served Peter breakfast, and then he restored Peter. Peter, do you love me? Well, then feed my sheep. That's grace. Not Peter, what were you thinking? How could you deny me? Peter, do you love me? That's grace. In the Old Testament, Elijah the prophet, in 1 Kings chapter 19, Elijah the prophet ran from God's calling. And he runs and he flees all the way down to Horeb in the same area where the children of Israel are in the book of Exodus. Elijah, the prophet, flees all the way down to Horeb. As he's on his run, fleeing his way down to Horeb, he stops along the way and he sleeps. He rests as he's sleeping. The Lord sends an angel to minister to him. He's running from God's calling. And what does God do? God sends an angel to minister to Elijah. Not a lightning bolt to wake him up, but an angel. He sent an angel to minister to Elijah while Elijah was running from God's call on his life. And in 1 Kings 19, it says that the angel prepared a fire and cooked bread and had water for Elijah to drink. And the angel touched Elijah and woke him up and said, wake up and eat. The angel didn't kick Elijah. Get up. What are you doing? What are you doing running away? What's wrong with you? No, Elijah, wake up and eat. And then get this. The angel said to Elijah, listen, listen, rise up and eat because the journey ahead of you will be too much for you. Elijah was not finished running from God's calling on his life. And God provided food for him through an angel so that he will have enough energy to finish running away from God's calling. What? 
That's grace. That's grace. This is God's heart for us. This is God's heart for us. They're complaining, so I'll rain bread upon them. They wish they had the bread and the meat of Egypt, so I'm going to rain bread on them, and I'm going to provide meat for them to eat. And this is speaking, of course, of manna. God will supernaturally provide bread from heaven to feed Israel. Look again at verse 4. He tells them, He will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain quota every day. Notice that I may test them whether they will walk in my law or not. And it shall be on the sixth day of the week that they shall prepare what they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. God will test their obedience with the manna. God instructs them to collect only enough manna to eat for each day, a certain quota for each day. And on the sixth day, they will collect twice as much so they have enough manna for the sixth day and the Sabbath day, and they can rest on the Sabbath day. Look at verse 6. Then Moses and Aaron said to all the children of Israel at evening, You shall know that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt. How did they already forget that? It's only been a month since the Red Sea. Isn't it amazing how quickly we can forget what God has done for us in our lives? We see God work in amazing, miraculous ways. And a few days later, we act like we're atheists and don't know God at all. And here it is. He says, you're going to know tonight at evening that the Lord has brought you out of the land of Egypt, and in the morning you shall see the glory of the Lord in his provision, for he hears your complaints against the Lord. But what are we that you complain against us? And Moses said, this shall be seen when the Lord gives you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. Remember, that's what they wanted from Egypt. We missed the the meat We ate bread to the full. Okay, God says, I'm going to give you meat to eat in the evening and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord hears your complaints, which you make against him. And what are we? Your complaints are not against us, but against the Lord. Moses and Aaron say, "Why, why are you complaining against us? We didn't bring you out here. We didn't deliver you from Egypt. We can't do anything to help you. We can't just make food appear for you to eat. You're complaining against the Lord. You know, anytime that we complain, we're really complaining against the Lord. Anytime we complain about our circumstances or our situation, we're really complaining against the Lord and his guidance and his provision. And God doesn't like complaining. In fact, he says, do everything without complaining. And murmuring. And so he goes on here in verse 9. Then Moses spoke to Aaron, Say to all the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he has heard your complaints. Now it came to pass, as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, out into the wilderness, out into the desert, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared. 
Did you know that Ring of Truth is a listener-supported ministry aimed to bring you God's Word wherever you're at? Whether you're at home or on the road, we're here to help you grow in your faith. You love to stay connected through social media? Find us on Facebook. Listen to us on iTunes and our podcast. There are numerous other ways to stay up to date with what's happening at Ring of Truth. All you have to do is go to calvaryec.com to get started. Our mission and vision and what we believe can be found on our website as well. In case you didn't catch that website, it's calvaryec.com. Ring of Truth is a radio ministry that comes to you from Columbia, Maryland. We invite you to join us Sunday mornings at 8.30 or 10.30 a.m. For those of you who aren't morning people, we also have a Sunday afternoon service at 12.30 p.m. Or you're welcome to come Thursday evening at 7 p.m. Take your pick, but please, come if you're in the area. Did you know that live stream is available for those unable to attend in person? For all of our long-distance listeners, we hope you'll utilize this tool to stay connected. Pastor Dan has been teaching from the book of Exodus, and he's not done yet. Be sure to come back again as he continues pulling nuggets from this Old Testament book. Thanks for staying tuned in today to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know his voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.